This brand new episode of the podcast is brought to you again by Sawed Off CrossFit Kids. If you're looking for a place to get your kids active, stay healthy, and learn how to move correctly, this is the perfect place for them. Or maybe you need that specific sports training. Whatever your needs may be, whatever your kids' needs may be, they will take care of it. It's a really great program. I can't speak highly enough about it. There is a coach with them 100% of the time, working them through these workouts, writing great programming that a lot of times there's a lot of games and movements that they don't even realize that they're learning all these different habits that will benefit them later on in life. So if you want to check it out, here's the kicker. It's absolutely free. It's free to go check this program out. Just drop your kids on by. You can drop them off or you can go by and watch the class yourself to see how much fun they have and see if they enjoy it. It's nothing to you. Just go by the Sawed Off CrossFit building or hit them up on Instagram and give them a follow at Sawed Off CrossFit Kids. Don't forget, we sell coffee. Two blends, Summit View and Weekend Getaway. You can hit us up on Instagram or Twitter or hit us up on the website, that's the number nine, spelled out fiveadventures.com, and we will get that right out to you. Okay, let's just get into talking about this episode of the podcast because, wow, I mean, that's all I have to say. It's just, it's amazing. It's inspiring. It might be the most inspiring episode that I've done. Jenny Page is, she's incredible. She's an artist. She's a ninja warrior. And also she has a crazy story about loss and grief, and then making it through that through fitness and all other things in her faith. It's just a wild story that will inspire you to go out and be better and do something awesome. I can't, I'm inspired and it really touched me. So please, I'll let, I'll let Jenity tell this story because she does it so well. Enjoy my guest today, Jenity Page. There we go. Thank you so much for being on. Uh, I got your contact from Dixie Man, who told me very little about you, but what you did. And then I looked at your page, and you you do Ninja Warrior stuff. You've got these crazy oil paintings. And I'm like, what does she not do? <laughs> yeah, Dixie amazing. I love her. She's so awesome. And her podcast was so good. I listened to it. Oh, thanks. That's uh, I, I'm glad you liked it. It's always like a worry. Like I, I get into it, and I go... Man, I hope the guests really like the podcast. I really enjoy all of them. Yeah, yeah, Dixie's so interesting. So yeah, that was really good. So everybody, go to Dixie's podcast if you haven't. Yes, <laughs> go listen to Dixie's podcast. You heard it. And how do you say your name? Is it Genity? Yeah, Genity. Okay, that's what I, that's that's the way I thought it was in there. But um, so when did you start? Like, have you been painting for a really long time? Um. No. Well. I, what's a long time? <laughs> I've been in college, so about 15 years. Um, but yeah, prior to like grow up, I didn't grow up as an artist. I wasn't one of those kids that when they're five, I want to be an artist when I grow up. Um, art kind of snuck up on me. Um, what happened is growing up I played the piano and I was very academic and studious and I wanted to get a full ride to college and so I just took honor and AP classes and studied a lot I was totally a nerd I had headgear and glasses and all of it like I was like complete package um and then my senior year of high school um we moved and 
my parents actually gave me the opportunity to stay where we were living in Utah at the time and that we would be moving to Colorado. And my mom's like, I know it's your senior year. Like I know everything we're asking you to give up. So I'm going to let you make this decision. And so my mom had taught me from a very young age how to kind of like talk to God, like how to really pray about what I was concerned about. So I prayed about it and then felt like I needed to move. And so I did. And I found myself in this new high school. I go to sign up for classes and I tell the counselor, like, look, I want to be valedictorian. I want to fly to college. So give me all your 18 hours classes. And she just looked at me and she was like, sweetheart, um, we don't really do any of that here. So (laughs) and it was just this tiny school. I mean, um, like the town we were living in had mostly dirt roads. It had one stoplight. It was like so small. And so like they were working on teaching the kids English, let alone like AP honor stuff. So I was like, great. Um, my senior year, I'll take art. <laughs> so it just kind of like happened by chance. And then um, once I got into my first art class, the teacher had us, um, I fell out a piece of paper with 16 squares and she said, I want you to portray a different emotion in each square, but you can't use any known objects. So you get texture, color, line, value to share an emotion. And I was like, okay, <laughs> this is kind of weird, but whatever, I'll do this hippie stuff. So, um, once I got started though, and learned that art was more about communicating than about just making something look real. It just like lit this fire in me. And I was like, okay, I want to be an artist. However, I could not draw and I had no artistic skills. Somewhere here in my studio, I have my, um, my high school art journal. (laughs) I would show you. Anyways. So like, I start doing art and I can't draw and I'm doing like stick figures and I'm cutting and pasting stuff out of magazines. And I tell my mom, you know, I come home with this revelation. Mom, I figured out my life path. I'm going to be an artist. (laughs) She saw what I was doing. Like, okay, here, this is like one of my magazines. That's awesome. (laughs) Imagine, imagine like you're very studious, like valedictorian daughter, and she's like cutting stuff out of magazines and gluing them together and making collages, and then she's telling you that this is going to be her life path. So my mom was like, are you sure, honey? And I was like, yes. And in this journal, we had to like take what we would, would write in a journal, but do it in images. And I had actually kept a journal since I was 11. And so when I started doing this art journaling, it just like, I was obsessed with it. Um, so my mom was like, okay, honey. So that's how I decided to become an artist. And, um, then I got a, a full ride, um, scholarship to BYU, Idaho, um, which is a little school in Rexburg, Idaho, Southeast Idaho. And they just happened to have an amazing art program. Um, most art programs in the country nowadays don't focus on realism, which is what I do, representational painting. Um, so I just kind of happened to be very fortunate that I landed in this tiny little school um, because they really focused on traditional painting. Um, 
but that being said, like first day of freshman orientation, I'm in this room with a bunch of wannabe art majors and they show a PowerPoint presentation of previous students work. And I was just like, got smaller and smaller in my chair as I'm thinking about my little high school art journal with like National Geographic cutouts <laughs> and like stick figures. Like this is a, this is another really good one right here for you. That's this cool one, though. This looks like an asparagus impaling a cloud, but it's actually a hand reaching to the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm thinking of this really crappy art that I was doing and then comparing myself to what these graduates were doing. And I was like, well, I, there's no way I can do this. Like, I have no talent. I have no talent. What am I doing here? So I left the meeting in tears and was walking back to my apartment thinking, like, i got to change my major. And then um, I was stopped um, crossing the street by a feeling. And the feeling said, Jenity, you can be an artist. And I was shocked by it because I had no talent. <laughs> In fact, I was like, how am I going to be an artist? And I felt that God would help me do it. And as crazy as that might sound, um, I believed him. And so I started going to school at four in the morning because that's when it opened for janitors to clean the building. And I just practiced. And every time I showed up to work, I would pray and remind God that he told me he'd help me do this. And then I would work as hard as I could. And I just repeated that every day for four years. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get when you got out, did did you like immediately go to being like a professional artist? Do you do that now? Like, do you sell? Like, is this your profession? What brings income in for you? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But um, when I graduated, no, it's actually really difficult. I I went to school to be an illustrator, like a children's book illustrator. And when I graduated, we moved. My husband and I was married. We I got married my senior year of college. Um, we moved to Los Angeles because my husband was doing landscape design. And um, I started looking more into the illustration market, and it was all going completely digital. And, I mean, I had taken digital illustration courses, but I just didn't like painting in Photoshop. Like, I paint with paint. So I was like, well, I guess I can't be an illustrator. I'm just going to be a painter. <laughs> so how I got started in my career is I started doing little paintings and putting them on eBay. <laughs> I know it sounds really classy and fantastic, but, um, there was a group that I was a part of an online, uh, website called daily painters at the time. And you would do a painting in a day and then post it on the site and on eBay and then sell it. And the first painting I sold was an eight inch by eight inch little portrait. And when it sold, I was elated. <laughs> My husband came home. It's like, jumping around. I was like, I'm an artist. I'm an artist. Somebody that's not related to me just purchased something that I created. And, um, so yeah, I was doing these little paintings and selling them every day, not for like for like a hundred bucks, you know? Um, but I was just so excited to be selling art and creating it. And it was the perfect exercise for, for graduating from college because every day I had to come up with a concept and every day I had to execute a painting. And so it was just like, 
exercises. You know, it's just like practice, practice, practice every day. And then eventually I was like, maybe I should spend like two days on this painting instead of one. <laughs> and then like, I was like, maybe I should paint larger than five by seven. And so it kind of like went from there. Um, I got, I got better. I started spending more time. My paintings got bigger. Eventually I started showing art in galleries and shows and national shows and competitions and magazines. And it's all kind of, yeah, gone from there. I like that. Like the deterrent. It's almost like you, you love the rush of selling that so much. You have to, you set that goal of painting one a day, every day. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't always make it right, but it's like you set like a lofty goal like that. And then, if you only get five paintings in in a week, then that's still fantastic, you know? So I did, the thing is, is I did a lot of bad work and I'm so thankful to all my early patrons that purchased this really bad work. (laughs) (laughs) It comes back to haunt me. Like I'll get emails from people to be like, I just got this from an estate sale and it's got your name on it. And can you tell me how much it's worth? And I'm like, Oh man. Oh, I forgot. I painted that. Um, Anyways, but I really do hope that as I improve and um, as my career grows, that all those little early patrons will be rewarded um, as my work gets increases in value. (laughs) I'm sure some of it is, I'm sure it's probably, it's probably bad for your taste and maybe for like, maybe on a higher level, everybody starts somewhere. But I'm sure the people liked it. There were people that you didn't know buying it. I mean, it had to be some sort of quality in there. But as an artist, I've, you're probably a l- little bit hard on all of you. See all your mistakes. Like you see every little mistake and things you could have done better in the in the canvas. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, it's not even that they were like super bad. So much as that now I look at them and I think they just look unfit. It looks like how I start a painting now, you know, it looks like I just started it and then walked away. So, um, my paintings take a lot of time, like a lot of time, like hundreds of hours. And it's funny cause I think back to when I was in high school and I thought if I spent two hours on a project, I'd really invested myself, you know, it's <laughs> like, cool. I just put two hours in. I've outdone myself today on this art project. And then you get to uh, college and you spent, 40 hours and you're like wow I mean this took so much time and then you get into professional work you're like um I spent 200 hours on this painting (laughs) so really it's just like a matter of time you know you get better with time yeah and as many reps I like that you that you were painting a painting a day like you're like I'm gonna sell some more paintings and you paint another one and all that is just practice like it's just more reps and practice to get better it'd be cool to see the progression of all those paintings a day like how like if you lined them all up and you could see them all like the the improvement that you made right i know (laughs) well and even like i've painted each of i've had four kids and i've painted each of them when they were six weeks old and i have their portraits going up the stairs in my house and it's even fantastic to look at those portraits they were all born two years apart and it's like exponential like the growth you know between each each one so my poor first child's portrait <laughs> so when, like out of all of this like all of the art stuff and the time you spend on it when did you get into the ninja warrior stuff okay so um i gotta tell you 
a long story. Go for it. I love long stories. Okay. So, um, yeah, so we were living in Los Angeles. Um, I became a mom in 2008. And then I had another, so I had a son, and then I had another son in 2010. And then my husband decided to go to graduate school. So we moved from California to Arizona, and my husband started going to school. And we moved in with my parents so that we could, like, afford graduate school. And while we were living there, my mom had a swimming pool in her backyard, and she had an acre of land. And so she um, she also had a pond. So she fenced off her whole patio so there was, like, no access to the backyard. And she's like, Jen, I'm really nervous about the boys and water in the backyard. And I was like, my boys at the time were three and one. And I said, it's fine. Like, you've got alarms on the doors. We've got um, a gate. We've got all this protection. It's going to be fine. And so we lived there for a year, and it was fine. And then one morning, um, I sent my son outside to play. We had, like, toys on the patio. And it was just kind of like a perfect storm where something got left open. And uh, my mom was working in the backyard. And my mom comes inside, and I'm feeding the one-year-old breakfast. And I said, hey, did you see Morgan? My oldest son's name is Victory Morgan. And she's like, no. And so we run outside, and, you know, worst-case scenario, we, f- we found him in the pool. Oh. And so uh, we grabbed him, uh, CPR, all 911. He was resuscitated and then um, taken to the hospital in a helicopter And then we spent seven weeks in the hospital and, um, it was hard, (laughs) an understatement of the century. Um, so just emotionally like devastating and, um, he passed away, um, in November of 2011 and, um, I was so broken. I I just didn't even know, like, I would look out my window of my studio and see moms, like, taking in the groceries, and I would just be like, how are they, like, bringing in groceries? Like, the world just continues to move, and I'm here in pieces, and so I painted, and I continued to get up at four in the morning, and I would cry and pray and paint and cry and then at like 7 30 my my son would wake up who was now 18 months old and um and then I had to like just put on a happy face and go be a mom um and so painting you know it's funny how when I started it was just like something that I wanted to do as a career but then it became like an emotional savior um because I had I had a place to go to take all of my brokenness and put it on a canvas. And then in conjunction with that, um, I had always been like a runner. Like I was cross country team member my sophomore year of high school, but not like super committed. <laughs> but I did I did like one I think I did two track meets running cross country and did really well. And um, then I quit. And my coach was like, you just like placed and you're like a sophomore. What what are you doing? And I was like, this makes me want to barf. So I don't want to do this anymore. And so I walked away. But then like I continued to just love running. And so I went on a run 
the day after my son passed away, first thing in the morning, after I painted, I ran. And as I was running, I just felt all of this grit inside me, like, 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 this sucks so bad, and I hurt so bad, but, like, I'm going to keep going. And so, like, like, working out for me or running became, like, an emotional support system, too. So, like, I think of myself as a spiritual and a physical being, and I found that as I exercised my physical body, it, like, helped strengthen my spiritual self, too. So um, that's like this really long backstory to your question. But so then I started exercising more and more as a means of therapy after my son passed away. And um, we left Arizona and we moved to Utah. And I just happened to buy a house that was just down the street from a rec center. And I had never really lifted weights much at all in my life. And I was like, hey, I'm, like, just down the street from this rec center. Like, maybe I should, like, take a, like, weightlifting class sometimes. (laughs) So I started going to, like, one of those mom group fitness classes where you lift, like, eight-pound weights and you feel super strong. (laughs) And um, I'm I'm really not belittling those classes. They're amazing. They're, like, the foundation for where I got today. But that's – I'm just giving you, like, perspective is on my fitness journey is that's where I started. And then it was like four years ago, like 2016, I was like, I'm going to learn how to do a pull-up this year. That's my goal because I couldn't do a single pull-up. So I got like a pull-up bar and I put it in my bedroom, like across the threshold to my bedroom. So every time I went past my room, I would just try, do a shoulder shrug, you know, hang for a minute (laughs) until I eventually did get a pull-up. And once I got one, then it's like, wow, just like. I did one pull-up, then I could probably do two. And so I started just slowly, like, you're doing laundry, you put your laundry basket down, you do a pull-up. You pick up your laundry, you put the kids' laundry away. You go back into your room to clean your bathroom, you do a pull-up. It was just like, you know, just do one every time you walk under your, your door. So I did that. And then two years ago, my my brother lives next door to me, my younger brother, and he got a climbing pass. And he's like, Jen, you should come climbing with me sometime. And I was like, cool. I've never been climbing before, but that sounds like fun. So we go to an indoor bouldering gym where you don't use ropes. It's just climbing without ropes. <laughs> you only climb like 13 feet and there's pads. And you hope you don't fall. So I went one time and I was like, I need to do this every day for the rest of my life. I was just like, so, and it, w- it wasn't like I was very good. I, I like they rank bouldering climbs starting at like a V zero and then they go up to like a V 18 for like super amazing, awesome professionals. And I like did a V zero and I was like, yes, mm, it <laughs> conquered that wall and, um, felt so accomplished. So I got a climbing pass and I started climbing more frequently. Well, I'd been climbing for like three months. <laughs> I'd worked my way up to like, V3 and I again had like a thought like I like I said like I the the thought that drove me to be an artist was that God told me he could help me do it so like I had this thought one day at the climbing gym and the thought was you should apply for American Ninja Warrior and I was like no and like my husband and I were really big fans of the show we'd watched it a ton and 
every time we would watch an episode, I would look at him like across at him on the couch and I'd be like, would you ever do that? And he would be like, no. And I was like, right? Crazy people do that. And so the idea just seemed totally insane to me. But every time I went climbing, the idea would come back into my head. And it, I finally, I was just like, I actually said a prayer. I know you guys might think I'm, again, retarded. But I was just like, is this something that I should do that I keep feeling this way? And I prayed about it. And I felt like, yeah, I, you should apply for the show. And I was like, okay, I'll apply. But, I mean, what are my chances of actually getting on the show? Because... And that's that I have I have no strength for that kind of stuff. I've never been on a ninja course in my life, but I'll apply. Sure. So it's easy to apply. Anybody could do it. You just log on to your computer. You fill out like your life story and application form, and then you have to submit a video. And um, at the time, I didn't have any ninja gym close to my house, but we did have a trampoline, indoor trampoline park for kids that had some ninja obstacles in it. And, um, I had played there a couple times with my kids. So I was like, I guess we'll shoot my video at this indoor trampoline park. So at the indoor trampoline park, their obstacles are like 15 feet off the ground ish. And then they have these big air bags underneath to catch you when you fall. And I had never really completed many of them. <laughs> I had been there with my kids before and like, there'd be like a rolling log, you know? And I would like, put my toe on the rolling log and watch it spin and then be like, nope, no, we're not going to do that. And then like there would be the devil steps, which I don't know if you're familiar with the show, but the devil steps are like, um, inverted monkey bars. I don't know. It's like, um, like a pyramid with panels of wood that come up. And then at the top, there's like a four foot gap between them that you have to somehow cross. So I'd been there with my kids before and I would, I would, I could actually climb up to the top of the pyramid and then I would look over my shoulder at the gap to the next panel. And I'd be like, what, how am I supposed to like, I'm holding on to this panel. I'm supposed to like somehow get over here. And so I would just come back down the way it came and be like, yeah, I have small children. I shouldn't be doing this. So then, um, When I have to shoot my video, I had got this videographer neighbor to help me, and um, he's very, like, a direct person. And so we go the day of the shoot, and he's like, okay, Jenny, you're going to do the quintuple steps and the rolling log and the jumping spider and the devil steps, and we're going to do it all in one shoot. Go. And I was like, great. And then I'm thinking, I've never done this before, but fantastic. Let's do catch it on video. So I go to the start. And I'm just sweating buckets. I mean, this stuff is scary. And all of a sudden, it was like I felt my son next to me and be like, Mom, let's do this. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And so no hesitation. I just ran. I just, I did the quintuple steps. I didn't hesitate at the rolling log. I just ran across it. I did the jumping spider. I did the devil steps. I got to that same top part that was always so scary. And I just went for it and I got it. And then I came down and I was in shock. I couldn't believe it that I, that I had done it, you know, and my videographer's like, that was great. Fantastic. We got it all in one shot. And I looked at my husband. And I was like, I've never done that before. <laughs> oh my God. Maybe I should train. Like maybe this is something I really should do. 
So I submitted my video in December, and then um, you don't hear anything for months. Like, you, everybody submits in December, and then you don't hear back to, like, March. So in January, I found an ninja gym that was, like, an hour away, and I signed up for classes. And I went, and I'm, like, this 34-year-old mom in a class with a bunch of, like, 18-year-old boys. And I just felt so dumb. I felt, like, so out of place. And my coach is, like, a 22-year-old kid, you know? And I didn't know how to do any of it. And, like, I remember, so one of the basic moves in Ninja is called a lache, where you swing on a bar, and then you throw yourself from that bar six to ten feet and grab another bar. And I remember the first time watching people do that and just being like, what? Like, how is it possible to, like, throw your body through the air and then catch another bar? But, you know, you're in classes, and you so you just try. And the first time, I didn't even come close to even touching the bar, you know? It was just, like, fell through the air and then <laughs> hit the mat. And I was like, wow, that was fantastic. And then my coach is like, you really need to throw your hips forward and then, like, kind of throw the bar away from you. And I was like, okay, try again. Swing, swing, swing. I would swing like a million times because I was so scared to let go. And then I let go. And then I finally tapped the bar, but I slammed into it with my wrist instead of actually grabbing it. So it was just like slam and then fall. And I was glad that I actually had made it, but my wrist hurt so bad because these are like steel bars and you're just like, bam. And then I did that again. And then I couldn't even hold anything anymore because my tendons were so jacked up from slamming into this metal bar. And I told my coach, I was like, my wrist hurts so bad. I keep like slamming into the bar. And he's like, you should stop doing that. <laughs> oh, I was so frustrated. And I, I went home barely able to hold my steering wheel and was like, this is stupid. Jenny, you have no right doing this. Why are you doing this? And again, like I, this, I was telling God, this was not my idea. This was your idea. And I'm doing this because you told me to do it. So if you really want me to do it, I'm going to need some reinforcement next time I go to ninja practice. So I went home and I iced my wrists and they recovered. And then I went back the next week. And I tell you, driving there, it was like shaking in my boots, like fear and trepidation. It's just so outside my comfort zone, so terrifying, so painful. But I, I gave myself um, the challenge of learning one thing new each week. Just one thing. Don't have to take on the whole course. Don't have to take on the whole gym. Just learn one obstacle. And so I started doing that. And eventually, each week, I got a little bit better. And then it became exciting, you know, because I was like, I'd come home. I actually caught the bar. My body flew eight feet through the air, and I caught it. Isn't that amazing? So then it becomes kind of addicting. And um, a month into it, they actually opened a gym just 20 minutes from my house. I was able to switch to a closer gym and train more. So, um, yeah, it was, I was like the call start in March. I didn't get a call. And then March passes, April comes, don't get a call. And then we're taking our kids to Costa Rica for spring break. And I was like, Victor, I told my husband's Victor, should I get, um, an international phone, um, thing so that they can call me? I mean, what if they call me? And he was like, Jen, they're probably not going to call you, but like, fine. Okay. Like, sure. <laughs> so paid for like the inter international phone plan. And then we're in Costa Rica and I have my phone with me, you know, so I'm like, what if they call me? <laughs> and then 
like they don't call me and then I'm on the beach one day and I have like this like sand protector on my phone and I was like screw it I'm so tired of holding this phone I'm just gonna leave it in the car and I'm gonna play the beach with my kids and forget about American Ninja Warrior it's probably not gonna happen anyways so we spent all day at the beach and then I get back to my car and there's a voicemail from Los Angeles and I was like what no no I listen Hi, Jenny. This is the producer of American Ninja Warrior. And I'm like screaming, freaking out. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And so, yeah, I like called him back and they offered me a spot on the show. And then it was like, I was just hit with this. Oh my gosh. Now I have to do this. Oh my gosh. Now I have to actually compete on American Ninja Warrior. I just barely got my shade. Like, this is ridiculous. So, um, yeah, so in May, I went to Tacoma, Washington and competed. This was 2019 on American Ninja Warrior. And can I just tell you, there is nothing that can prepare you to walk into that arena and see the course that you've seen on TV a million times. And then there's Jesse Graff and there's Mike Martin and there's all these really amazing people, Drew Dreschel and all these ninjas that you've seen. And you're like, I have, I felt like I did when I was in college starting my art career in that room and thinking I have no talent I felt that exact same way except now I have to compete on a on a show so I did some deep breathing I did some praying and honestly the whole reason I wanted to do it other than I felt impressed to do it was because I wanted the opportunity to share a story about grief and about losing my son and the idea that the sun will come out and, and you will get stronger and life will get brighter and that there is hope after going through such a hard loss, right? So I had an incredible opportunity to sit in a green room with producers and share this story and they were all crying at the end of it and it was so powerful. And then they call your name and you have to go stand behind the stage and you, I don't know if people know this, but they don't let you try anything. Like, you don't get to try any of the obstacles before you compete. It's just show up and do it. I mean, how terrifying is that? Like, there was a girl competing with me who was on the U.S. Olympic team for gymnastics. And I asked her, what is scarier, competing in the Olympics or competing on American Ninja Warrior? And she's like, well, in the Olympics, yeah, it's scary because the whole world's watching you, but... You know exactly what's expected of you. You've practiced it a thousand times and you just have to show up and perform. And she was like, this is so scary because I have no idea what's going to be expected of me. And I just have to show up and hope it goes well. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but it was really an incredible experience. Like as much as I felt my son when I filmed my submission video, you better believe like I felt him there at the starting line for the show. And uh, completed the first obstacle. Everybody, like, just breathed a sigh of relief. Because, I don't know, something about running across those steps and grabbing the rope and swinging across the water is just so, like, intimidating. It's not that hard, but it just, you're running across steps over water and you have to grab a rope and you just hope you don't fall. So I completed it. Second obstacle, completed it. Third obstacle, so crazy. Like, (laughs) I can't, it's hard to describe with just words, but... Basically, you're standing 15 feet in the air on top of this barrel, and you have to jump backwards, swing underneath it, and then fly, let go, and then land on a pad, like maybe, I don't know, 10 feet away or something. 
And so it's a blind landing. Like you can't see the landing pad when you jump. It's like totally like a leap of faith, you know? And I just jumped backwards, held on, and then flew. And then somehow I landed on the pad, cleared off school three. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) You can't even believe it. And then obstacle four was a balance obstacle, which always takes out so many competitors. It was called the Broken Bridge. And they're like these panels suspended from chains that you have to, like, run quickly across. So I run quickly across it, and then I fell in the water. And, um, you know, it's so funny because you're always like, is the water going to be cold? You don't even notice water temperature because there's so much going on. You're just like, whatever. But I got my gray American Ninja Warrior towel when I got out of the water, and my kids were there. And it was just, like, an amazing experience. And honestly, as a rookie that had been training for, like, like four months to get to the fourth obstacle, I felt so excited about it. So then I applied again for 2020 and was welcomed on for season 12. Um, and we went down in March to compete. And the night before, yeah, California <laughs> government called it. And so we all got to go home. Oh. And uh, they ended up having to do a modified season this year they cut like 75 percent of the competitors and um so they're like we're really sorry but if you want to you know be try out for season 13 we'll put you at the top of the list so yeah so we're gonna try again for season 13 and it's kind of cool though because i keep training and each week i go and i train every every wednesday night and I'm like so much better now than I was when I competed on the show. So I'm kind of excited. I, I hope I get at least one more chance, um, to go on the show just because yeah, I've now had almost like, like a year and a half of practice. So anyways, I, a wild (laughs) story. (laughs) You're like, wow. 20 minutes later. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's like so many things in what you just said can apply to people that are trying to get on a fitness journey or really any journey, like taking baby steps and, and small things and appreciating the victories and having big goals, but also having little goals in there. Like I just want to complete one little obstacle. And then on top of all that, like the powerful message of you like hearing your son next to you. And I'm listening to that story back there and I'm like, I didn't know... I didn't knew nothing about that before this podcast. And so I'm listening to it like, oh my gosh, like I'm thinking how like how do you having kids myself, how do you recover from that as far as like you've got to now look at your your parent who is like try not to blame that person for any sort of issue which happens a lot and then you've got to deal with all the emotional thing of losing a kid which is insane. And then I'm listening to you talk and I'm like she it's you understand the value of life now. That is for sure. <laughs> yeah, you never you never parent the same way again when you lose a kid. Um, it was really difficult for me when I first became a mom because I had to sacrifice painting. Something that I'd worked so hard for, the skill I had developed so much, and Yet I had this moment, it was like my son was tiny, like three months old. He's crying in the middle of the night. I'm a first time mom. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know why he's crying. He's already been fed, changed and all that. And I look at my easel and I'm so tired. 
and I realized it's been like three months since I've been at my easel and I just had this like bit of despair moment like I'm never gonna I'm never gonna see you again easel you know and um (laughs) in that moment I felt censured a little bit by heaven and I had this moment where I realized Jenny what are you saying like this little creature that you're holding, this son of yours, is way more important than every painting, any painting you'll ever paint. And I was like, oh my gosh, so true. I need to let painting go as a priority. And so I did. I tried not to, because I realized that if I didn't submit my desire to become like an incredible artist, um, if I let that rule over my mothering, I would be a terrible parent. I'd resent my children because <laughs> they would always keep me from it. And um, so I did this painting called Let Go where um, it's kind of a depressing looking painting actually, but my head's down and my hands are open and I'm just kind of giving this up for a moment. And um, it's funny because I took a C.S. Lewis course in college and it was my one of my favorite courses. And C.S. Lewis says that we have to submit everything to God in our efforts to become a Christian or a better person. And I used to think, how do I submit painting? Because I just want to use it to do good. So why would I have to give that up? And then there I was, you know, at three in the morning and I was like, Oh, Lewis, I understand you now. I understand why I have to submit this. And so I let go. And then, um, Around six months, my son got a sleep schedule. (gasps) Oh, more glorious words a mother has never known. (laughs) And when he was on the sleep schedule, then it was like, oh, I'm not doing dishes. I'm not doing laundry. I am going right to my easel. As soon as that kid's head hit the mattress, I was painting. And then I found that God gave me painting back. And then I had this beautiful balance between motherhood and art. Well, then fast forward to being in a hospital with my three-year-old son and I'm helpless to do anything for him. And, um, he, he actually experienced something called sympathetic storming. So he damaged his basal ganglia, which is like your control center of your brain. And because that was damaged from lack of oxygen, um, he experienced something called sympathetic storming where your, your sympathetic nervous system is your fight or flight response. And it would go into like hyperdrive. And so it kind of looked like a seizure because like every muscle in his body would flex and shake and, um, and his breathing would go super high and all of the, all of the monitors were always like going crazy. And at first they lasted like 20 minutes and you're just standing there as a mom, just like holding his hand and there's like no morphine or Valium or anything that they could give him that could stop it. But then as it progressed, they got to be like 48 hours long and you're just standing there and it eventually just wrecked his body. Like it just, just shut down everything and he passed away. But you, I spent so many nights standing next to him as he's storming and I'm praying and I'm telling God, like I would give a painting for the rest of my life. You know, you make all of these promises and deals you try to make deals with God when situations like that like I thought of how when he was this baby and I was like oh I'm never gonna paint again and now I'm in the hospital and I'm like I will never paint again if you just save him if you just stop these storms you know um so yeah it gives you this perspective like 
what is most important. And then my son's accident was actually September 26th. So on Saturday um, is the nine year anniversary of, of his accident. And I, the first year after his death, when September came, it was really hard for me. And I thought, how am I even going to handle this day? Like the day my whole world changed, like the whole everything. (laughs) And I thought, well, I have two options. One, I can like cry and be super depressed and stay in my bed all day and put the covers over my head. Or I can thank God for the son that I have. And I had actually had just barely had a brand new baby. And so God really gave me a son back within a year. Um, not that that's any way like replaces your son, but just a beautiful distraction. So I had these two little boys again and it was like, or I can spend this day. Like I had one more day with, with, um, victory Morgan, my oldest, and we can call it kids day. And we'll just, we won't do dishes. We won't do laundry. We'll just play trains and go to McDonald's and play at the park. And it's just whatever, you know, the kids want to do. And so, that's kind of become a tradition in our family every September 26th is kids day. And we go spend the day. Like we had one more day with him. (laughs) That's such a, it's such an incredible outlook. I mean, obviously your faith has a lot to do with that and, and faith, faith like that, like in anything, whatever you do, having a belief system in something like, even if the person's not religious, it's important to have that, this is a, a crazy important thing to have a belief in because of nothingness, you would lose all hope. You have nothing to grab onto. You have nothing to like, hey, I need a teammate in this. Like now I'm all alone, but you're not all alone when you have that belief system like in in play and you've worked in it and you really do believe in it. It's it's a like it's an incredible thing to see. And then you, you go through the fitness thing and I love what you said about like pushy like it hurts so bad that you're like i need to do this i need to do this i need to do this this is making me happy like this is getting out all the things the tension in my body and like it's taking away the evil and it's putting back the good that's right you know like in your in your mental part like i could feel it in the story you were telling me i'm like oh my gosh this is a movie i'm listening to a movie and you're so good <laughs> at telling it i'm like Am I going to cry? What's going to happen next? I don't know what's going on. Oh, is it like, it's, it's insane. Like, and, and if, if anybody's been a parent, they'll understand, like walking through your story about like, I'm putting myself in your shoes. I'm going, Oh my gosh. Like watching the things in the hospital room and how many, I'm thinking how many people would have had the mindset to get up and go run or paint or something to take like to put themselves back in a good place. You've got it on this extreme level. Like you've got it on this extreme level. And I'm sitting here going, what's my excuse if I'm like, I just want to be lazy today. Like, oh, you know what? I don't know if I want to start that because that's probably too hard. Or like, I want to get fit. I want to do this competition, but it's probably a little bit too difficult and I'm a little too old. Like, what's my excuse now? You know, and if somebody's listening to this and they're going like they're struggling with trying to lose weight or get in shape, which everybody does, like there's a lot of people that do and and eating healthy. Like, what's your excuse? Think of this story. Like what? Like, just tell you, just go start slow and get it out of your system. You're so right. 
And I am the biggest advocate of small things can lead to great things over time. And even the way that I create my paintings, I use very small brushes. <laughs> so it's like a. I wish everybody could see it right now. Like it's yeah, it's, it's pretty. very tiny. It's like when I was in college, they used to call me like they'd make fun. They'd be like, "Oh, Jenny, you got your two hairbrush out." Um, but yeah, I actually make these little tiny strokes um, that overlap over time, almost like a cross hatching for those that have worked with pencil. Um, and then I let the painting dry. And then um, I come back in with a razor blade once it's dry and I scrape off any texture from built up strokes so that you get the uh, color application on the canvas without any texture. So then I go in again with another layer and I do the same thing, except the same, the next layer, I refine it a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And, and so I'll do, I don't know, like 10 layers or something like each time scraping away the dried, um, stroke, like anything that's raised off the surface, adding another layer, and then it gets more and more refined over time. And I love this practice because I feel like it's so much like life, you know, like that. Um, sometimes we think we've made like pretty great progress and then God will be like, let me scrape some of this off and it's painful and it hurts. And we're like, why do we have to go through this hardship with 2020 with the crap? Um, but it's like all those hardships are refining us and then allowing God to like add another layer and another layer. And like over time we become better. And I'm such an advocate of like, you can do anything like that you want to do if you are consistent and just keep going. Like, okay, you might not be like the best at it, but you will improve like guaranteed improvement. If you just show up every day and do it and being a mom and juggling this career, like there's been some days where I've had literally like 15 minutes to paint. (laughs) (laughs) And there's this, obviously this thought in your head that says, Jenny, you have 15 minutes. Are you kidding me? Like, are you really going to paint for 15 minutes? And I say, yes, I am going to paint for 15 minutes because I have 15 minutes. And if I paint for 15 minutes, I will be 15 minutes better today than I was yesterday. And if you add 15 minutes up over a year, how much time is that? I don't even know because I can't do that math in my head. But just think about how many minutes that would be, you know. And so I am such a believer in small things and then just being consistent just showing up every day for even if it's a small amount of time you know so like um I write I try to write every day and like the writing informs my art like a lot of people ask like how do you get all these ideas for your paintings and I tell them I write and I love writing because a it helps you like as far as like craving and processing hard things like it allows you to kind of look above and beyond yourself and see your life as a bigger picture but then also it um it it gives me all these ideas for paintings but like I have stacks and stacks and stacks of journals over here on my wall and (laughs) oh I don't know if I can flip it oh I can't and oh my gosh it's all just like that's all journals well, some of these, these that you share are art books, but like these are all journals that I've mm. written in, um, yeah, like throughout my life. <clears throat> and so, anyways, yeah, I'm like, 
like you 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 create a library by writing for 15 minutes a day you know or whatever it is that you want to pursue just give yourself a time limit and then stick to it every day and you're guaranteed to get better i mean how exciting is that it's, it's so exciting. It is super exciting. Like, I'm excited. I'm like, I, I get fired up with things like this. I'm like, yes, now I can go. Let's do this. Well, and like, it's, it's so it's funny awesome. because there's so many people that are like, oh, you're amazing. Look at the art that you do. I can't even draw a stick figure. And when they say that, I pull out my high school art journal and I go, guess what, honey? I started with stick figures. Like, I legitimately mm. have stick figures in this journal. <laughs> and I was like, it's, you know, it's like, it's easier to believe that you don't have a talent and that you can't because it gives you an excuse that you don't have to try. And trying is very vulnerable. It's scary to try because you're probably going to fail at least once or twice, like showing up at the ninja gym, so vulnerable. But if you just like bite the bullet and do it and just show up and take on the failures as they come, you're going to get better. And, and then like, amazing things can happen you know so anyways it's like i get i get it a lot people say like jenny you you american ninja warrior and you paint and you play the piano and you write like what don't you do and i just want to say like it's just all a day to time just things that i've done consistently over time you know pick what it is tomorrow that you want to do and then just start doing it every day (laughs) and then smile that's my that's my challenge everybody write write down it's good if you write down because then you're more committed to it write down something that you want to do or become or get better at and then write down a time commitment that you're going to put into it and then do it it's uh, so i mean it correct and i'm looking at those journals and i'm like you how many books have you written like full books, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like those are gigantic. They weren't just like tiny little journals. They're they're I know. Thick. Like some of like I'm now because I've written in a journal for so long, I've become a little bit of like a journal snob. And when I <laughs> track it, I find cool old big fat books. I'm like, oh that's gonna be the coolest journal. But then I actually did write a book. Um, oh cool. Coming full circle. It's on my website and it's kind of um goes through my grief journey uh with my art and very few words actually um compared to how much I've written but you get to see the art that I've done like right after I lost my son and then through the art kind of like how I healed (laughs) so it's so funny that you were talking about painting being communication like it's not the hippy dippy like thing it's like communication like you're communicating through it and then hearing your story and just seeing that one picture of the hand going up and like now it makes so much sense. Like it makes so much sense. You're communicating through your paintings of all this story. That's it's it's wild. Like that's that Dude, was I know. Like I look back at my little art journal with these really crappy images, but I think I'm doing the same thing. I'm still art journaling. Like I'm still doing the same practice I did in high school. I'm just a little more refined, you know, (laughs) and to create this book was an incredible um, thing for me. I actually, it's called coming full circle when God puts the pieces together because yeah, like it allows you to see this big scope of like everything that God has put into my life to help me prepare 
to take on hard things, you know, like I think about what if I hadn't moved my senior year and I didn't have this incredible gift of art to process all the hard things, you know, and not only that, but then it allows me to share it with other people, you know, like other moms. I've, I've met with so many moms that have lost kids or whatever. And, and, um, so it's so beautiful. I, I'm so grateful. It's like a gift that allows me to continue like giving to other people. Oh, so. dude, what, <laughs> this is amazing. I let it, I, everybody needs to know where they can go find your book where they can see your paintings, purchase them, whatever, because they really are amazing. Like every the whole story, the whole thing. I'm like, I'm very inspired. Like I don't know what else I, what I can say. I'm like, I could just listen to you talk. Let's just, what else do you have to say? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have one more little piece to my ninja story. If you want to hear it, yeah, go for it. Okay, so um, in 2000. 17 in the fall I was in my studio painting and I had this thought you need to become better at this and I was like I know and I thought how did I get here oh I went to school maybe I need to go back to school and get better at painting so I started applying to graduate programs and was accepted um, to Laguna College of Art and Design and made plans to move to California with my family I have an amazing husband, by the way, who was like, okay, let's go to grad school. I can work remotely for two years. Anyways, um, at that same time, I got a painting accepted into a national show in Cincinnati. And I flew out for the show. And the juror of the show um, and I got talking and I was telling him my career plans and going to get a master's degree. He said, no, I don't think you should go to school. And I was like, Why? Because I've kind of already like paid my down payment on tuition, and I don't think I can get that back. <laughs> he was like, "Well, because if you go, you'll just get a degree. But if you came and like apprentice with me, you get an art education." And I was like, "What? I didn't know that was an option on the table." So he offered me a, a, an apprenticeship, and he happened just to live like twenty five minutes from my home. This was very convenient. And so I didn't go to grad school. And instead, I started studying with him one on one. And he formatively changed the whole way I paint. The whole scraping and layers came from him. And his name was William Whitaker. And um, it's so funny. He was 74. And so we're in very different generations. And there was this old samurai movie he used to watch as a kid. And because of that movie, he would look at me and say, Jenny you're not a faker. You're like a real art ninja. You're like an art samurai. And I was just like, <laughs> be like, no, dude, what? <laughs> he was so quirky. I loved him. I loved him to death. And um, anyways, he would say this all the time. Jendi, you're a real art ninja. And I'd be like, Bill, stop. I'm just trying to become like you, dude. And so we painted side by side for nine months. And this painting coming full circle was actually um, a painting I did for him. To It was like gratitude, right? It was like um, I needed to become – here's actually the original. I need to become a better artist. Wow. And you were an answer to that. Like thank you so much for giving me this time to study with you one-on-one. Well, I had just finished the painting on like a Friday – and Tuesday morning, I found out he had passed away. And I was so crushed when I found out. I, like, my kids were outside riding their bikes, and I just fell to the pavement 
on my drive. <laughs> Cause he was like, he'd become like my best friend. I mean, I painted with him like three days a week and I couldn't believe that he was on. And I felt like my training wasn't done yet. <laughs> and my like, Jen, you know, all Jedis must finish their training without their master. <laughs> like, but I'm really not ready. Um, anyways. And so like, it was so interesting because he passed away in March of 2018. And then it was the fall, like November of 2018, when I felt like I needed to apply for American Ninja Warrior. And I was actually like, up, like filling in the application and you have to like give yourself a name. Like they have like pseudonyms for all the ninjas. And I wrote in like art ninja. And then it was like, I could feel my mentor there. Genity, you are a real art ninja. And I just like, I had to put the pieces together until that moment. And I just sobbed on my couch, you know? And so now I have all these, I had like ninjas on the show. I have like shirts made. So I had shirts made. It's safe, Genity Page Art Ninja. And like every time I just think of like my mentor and like it's such a coming full circle moment, you know? So, anyways, there's one last story for you. <laughs> <laughs> that was an awesome story. <laughs> like, like, can I <laughs> that, I'm so glad you live in Utah, right? Mm-hmm. I'm so glad I wore this for this podcast. Yeah. We love Utah. We are massive fans of Utah. Just so many fun outdoors things to do here. Yes. I mean, I'm even more like, I'm more, it's just inspiring. Like your whole story is, is incredible. Like even that story about the art teacher, you're like, here you are. Now you lost like your mentor, but it's this cool bond and somebody passing. It really is like Star Wars. So many aspects of life, right? I agree. I'm trying to every day. <laughs> it's so awesome. Thank you. I can't tell you how thankful I am that you came on and like shared the like your life on this podcast with us. Amazing. Um, I'm I'm truly blessed that I get to like listen to it and record it. It's just awesome. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me and allowing me a platform to share because. Yeah, I, I love people and I just see so much potential in everyone. So I hope someone out there feels inspired to do something tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, let them know where they can find all of your stuff. Like, tell everybody oh, where yeah. you can get it. My website is um, just Jenity Page, my name, J E N E D Y P A I G E dot com. And my store is just store.jenitypage.com. So. Right on. That's it. They can go by the book, look at your oh, art. I would say follow me on Instagram. I'm my handle is just Jenity Page because I post a lot of um, development of my art. Like my art starts out pretty ugly, and I share it all, like tips, how I paint my palette, life things that come into my head while I'm working. So that's a good place to follow me too. And Ninja Warrior stuff. I saw one where you like. <laughs> that's awesome well thank you jenity so much this it really was an honor to have you on the podcast thank you have a good night 
Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the podcast. Thank you to Genity again for being on. Don't forget, like, rate, and review on iTunes, and then share, share, share on your social media. It really helps us out. And until the next episode, see ya.